Greetings, travelers. Welcome to the Law Seekers podcast. Grab an ale and join our two adventurers as they share their tales of misadventure in the land of Tamriel. Here they are at their usual table. Jibs and cash. Oh, man. Oh, dang. Hang on a minute. I gotta set this thing up. Whoa. I think I sat on a splinter. This crafting bag. This endless bag of holding. Carrying this thing around is like, you never need leg day. It's always here. Lift with the legs. Always the legs. Not the back. Oh, man. So, what's new? What's going on? Oh, nothing much, man. I'm happy to be here. We're in a very uh, quaint, foresty place today. Because we're talking mm. Bosmer. So we are... We are. In the middle of a tree in Greenshade. Actually, we are kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, continuing the tour of the taverns. That's right. As we are. Look at the waitress. On the, show. the waitress is so tiny. She's a wood elf. Oh, she is so tiny. She is... Oh, waitress! What can I get you, boys? Uh, yeah. I will take a... Uh, you know what? Animate the dead. And I'll take five. It's been one of those days. Whoa. Uh, I am going to go in the traditional Bosmer style here and go for a Rotmeth, which is actually made of spiced alcohol from fermented meat juice. So can you bring me a puke bucket along with that? Coming right up. <laughs> Thank you, my dear. <laughs> I like how you explain that to her as if she doesn't know what that is already. She knows. <laughs> she I was explaining knows. it to you. Oh, man. Oh, well, thank you. That was very kind of you, because I didn't know. Why would you want to drink something with fermented meat juices? I, Goodness. I don't. Right. I just want to try it. Oh, that sounds terrible. Well, it's a good thing I got five of these. We can we can share, share these. All right, everybody. Well, welcome back. This is episode seven of the Lore Seekers podcast, and uh, we're your hosts. I'm Jibs, joined by Cash. Nice to see everybody. Uh, Hopefully somebody can uh, slip around and maybe find where we're at tonight. Left a pretty juicy clue for people. Uh, Pretty beefy show again tonight. We got lots of stuff to cover and including the continuance of our normal lore series. Tonight we're covering the Wood Elves. We are. I know I'm excited for you. Like they're, they were, they were my go-to race in Oblivion, but they're not like, the race of all races for me, so I, I'm, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited for you. I know this is your this is your jam. This is like coming home. This is like Morrowind for you. It is. It was for me. It is. I really do like. Uh, I like the Wood Elf. And you know, it's funny because I was looking at builds, and it doesn't seem so much like it's recommended for a lot of builds. You know, maybe like the the stamina based bow builds and stuff because there are some some passives. But man, you look at most of the other. Uh, builds out there, and there's just not a whole lot of Bosmer love, so I'm going to give them some love tonight. I was going to say, yeah, I feel like that race gets passed over quite a bit, as far as you know, when it comes to min-maxing your uh, your tune. I don't see many Bosmer, but anywho, so yeah, we're doing that tonight. Lore lesson on the Bosmer, we are also doing, uh, we're going over the latest news, uh, we're going to be going over the changes coming to Elder Scrolls Online. We've got PAX Gameplay, Gameplay day discussion. We're going to be going over that. And um, we put the word out on Twitter, and you guys responded. We're going to do ESO 101 on Dungeon Etiquette. So you can look forward to that in the show. 
uh, we are holding off on the massive load of info on jewelry crafting. We're going to do that next week. It was such a large amount. We want to make sure and give it its proper time, and we knew it wouldn't fit into this show. So we are going to do it next episode, so you can look forward to that. But, uh, anywho, what have you been doing in-game, man? Well, for one thing, I've been eating an ungodly amount of cake. Um, pretty much <laughs> every day. Cake about every two hours, and... Basically on and off of every single one of my characters doing as many daily quests as I can. So I'm opening a ton of presents right now. I'm doing all my writs. I'm doing pledges. So I'm looking at like 50 boxes a day. And it's probably not even anywhere near some of these other folks what they're opening. But yeah, like 50 boxes a day. You have such an iron will with that stuff. Like I I imagine I would, be, I would probably do about half that if I had the alts that you have. But... I could not do that. I don't... Yeah, I I like that you called it Iron Will. I kind of refer to it as a Gamer Obsessive Compulsive Disorder. Because <laughs> that's kind of what it is. Like, I can't do anything else. Like, I log on, and I take care... I, I train all my horsies, and then once my mounts are taken care of, I go straight into Ritz after Ritz after Ritz until all my characters are done for the day. And then, then I can go do pledges and more of the fun it's stuff. Your, but it's you the know completionist what? in you. That's what it is. It is. And I'm getting a ton of motives from it. So I'm not, it's not like, you know, it's all for naught. I'm getting some really good stuff. I've gotten quite a few uh, Nerncrux and some of the other more rare mats. Uh, but lots and lots and lots of motives that I hadn't had, uh, that I didn't have before, were unable to get. So, kind of excited about that. Right. That is awesome. I'll call your sponsor for you. Alright, so... <laughs> This week has been, it's been a, a good week for me in ESO, man. Like, I finally had a group I could do uh, White Gold Tower. Is that white? Yep. Is, that, is that right? Yep. Yeah. Fi- finally had the group that could finish it, which was awesome. I, I was never able to find a group that <laughs> could do it. We couldn't get through it all, ever. So that was fun. Got my clothing up to 50. So that's exciting. Very good. Um yeah, doing some doing the dailies and these crafting writs. I've got this old crafting bag I've got here with us tonight, just full, full of stuff. Well, em- empty it Man, out. I love those messages. Yeah, I I need to. That's that's a valid point. <laughs> I love those. Uh, I love those messages you get from the when you uh, with the crafting skill trees. You know, like those messengers that'll go out and they'll they'll get stuff for you. And they'll bring it to you every day. Oh yeah, materials and whatnot. Yep, they're Dude, funny. Those messages are hilarious. Yes, especially the Kajidi ones. Very funny. Yes. Oh my gosh, so funny. Agreed. All right. Well, you know, we should probably do a show. Hey, you two, give us some news. Oh, he agrees. All right. Well, we better uh, we better jump on that. Uh, well, let's just jump in the news in. Uh, this week, uh, so. Real quick, for those of you who may have missed it, if you've been living under a rock or you've been really busy, the anniversary event has been extended to April 23rd. So if you weren't already doing enough dailies and getting enough cool stuff and you wanted more time, well, now you've got that. Much, a whole lot of time. Oh my gosh, another week. (laughs) I love it. I really do. I don't think you can help yourself. (laughs) 
I really don't think you could help it. I can't, buddy. Like, I feel like you're a slave to it. Like, you've got to do it. You have to do it every I have day. To. I have to because I, I know that I can't. And it's so easy. It's just time consuming to go through each one of the characters. And on top of that, I just rolled another character today. Yeah, we did. That was That's fun. Yeah. I'm excited with this. I'm excited, you too. You want to tell them what we're doing? Sure. Um, yeah. So Jibs and I both rolled um, Sorcerer Healers today uh, to give it a shot. And unfortunately, you had real life stuff going on for a while. So I continued to play. And, Expect um, nothing less. Yeah. So now he can do Ritz. He can do all the Ritz now, too. So. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Ritz for days. I know. You know what, though? Oh, I don't feel man. so bad. I know people that have two accounts. So that, I I don't think you could get all that done in the same day. That's insane. With multiple accounts, yeah, but, yeah. That's that's a level of dedication that would put me in without finances in my bank account. Yeah. It would, <laughs> it would, put, me, it would put me divorced. <laughs> Be a lonely man yep. in a one-bedroom. Oh, man, that's funny. All right, so anywho, uh, there are some changes coming to Elder Scrolls Online. For those of you who don't know, the Elder Scrolls Online put an article out and basically detailing some of the upcoming changes to the way the game's presented. So Elder Scrolls Online Tamriel Unlimited is no longer going to be available uh, digitally, physically, and um, the current product known as Elder Scrolls Online Morrowind will be changing to simply the Elder Scrolls Online, and the Morrowind version is now becoming the base part of the base game. So we finally reached that level, folks, where everything going on with Morrowind is now up to Morrowind is officially the game, the base game, which is exciting. That's cool. That's yeah. awesome. It's going to simplify things for them and definitely simplify things for newer players coming in. Oh, I, absolutely. I've farmed several questions from people asking about, um, hey, do I have to buy this one or this one? Or if I buy this one, do I get access to this? And so this will really simplify stuff. Yeah, agreed. 100% agreed. And it's just, yeah, it's simpler. It's also, it's exciting for a new player who's coming in because then when you first step into this game, there is so much that, 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 is that you're hit with like you you finally like oh my gosh i can go here right i can go here 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 there's so much i have yet to see in this game since all those years ago when i started playing and then coming back to it so anyway um going forward um on the somerset and update 18 there's going to be some changes one of those things being the pvp battlegrounds is officially going to be a part of the base game which is exciting that's awesome that's great for the PvPers. I love it. Um, also, when Update 18 launches and Somerset DLC launches, uh, you will now be able to buy the Morrowind DLC from the Crown Store. That's just for the DLC, okay? That's not the class. Because you can also purchase the Warden class separately, okay? So that's great for people. If you just want the Warden class, you don't want Morrowind, and vice versa. Eh, dude, I don't know if I like that, though. You know what I mean? Like, to me, Morrowind was... Yeah, Morrowind was... Or the Warden class was Morrowind, if you ask yeah. me. So I don't yeah. know, man. I don't know if I really agree with them separating that out or not. I'm sure they got a good reason for it. But, you know, other than the 
monetization part of it, but I don't know. I think it's... Well, here's... The, the price point has to be right. If you're going to drop a part of the content out, which, you know, the Warden was part of that content, then you need... Right. That needs to be reflected in the price. True. So okay. the price... I'll give you that. It, it has to be cheaper. If it's cheaper, right. then that's that's great. Uh, they did it right. If it's not, well, then we may need to take another look at that because that's, right. that's not right. Um, so with this uh, as well, you can purchase some digital goodies that um, was in the collector's pack with Morrowind. You can get this bundle, and uh, for those of you who may have missed it, I know I was one of them, you can buy these digital goodies, the Armored Warhorse Mount, the Dwarven Spider Pet, Morag Tong Style, Collector's Edition Gray Bear. I know you're all about that. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, we got Character Emotes, Warden Costume, Dwarven War Dog Pet, Treasure Maps, Experience Scrolls, and Dwarven Crown Crate. So, that's pretty awesome. All good that stuff. Yep. I may buy that. I wonder what they're going to put that at. That's one thing I want to know. Uh, what else we got here on this last bit? Uh, oh, I guess that was it. Yeah, so yeah, the Warden class is now sold separately. But the biggest thing, as far as news is concerned, that we're talking is the PAX East Bethesda gameplay day that they had. Mm-hmm. And this was fantastic in a lot of ways for players. Um, if you didn't get a chance to see this, I encourage you to go watch it. We'll have everything linked at uh, the episode page over at lorecrespodcast.com. And the Elder Scrolls Online bit starts about two min- two hours and 11 minutes in, and it finishes the rest of the stream. And uh, they showcased a lot of stuff, dude. They showcased Artaeum, and that is gorgeous. Yes, it is. If you like trees, you are going to beg that the trees on Somerset be put into the store. Or they're craftable. Because <laughs> they are... It's so beautiful. It is. I tell you what, everyone involved with this, you guys hit it out of the park. Because Artaeum looks so different than anything I've seen in this game. Anything ever in Elder Scrolls, really. It, it has such a unique, ancient vibe to it that... It's yes, there's rubble, but it's not like the normal Tamriel rubble that you're used to seeing. Like the way the buildings have deteriorated, er, like the color shades, everything. It's you feel like you are in a very mystical, very special place. And I know that we're going to talk about housing a little bit. And I know they've talked about housing in Somerset, but I tell you what, man, oh. I want a house in Arteum. Yes, so it's spe- specifically Arteum. Um, the way that everything was rendered out is is absolutely gorgeous and it does they they did show some of the architecture there and they actually went to like the headquarters of the Sigic order on Artaeum and it yeah. is very actually Rich Lambert put it very um very well he said that the architecture is very alien and it's really true yeah. when you look at it it's like that man it looks like the patterns on the walls are kind of scaly and you know this just these big ornate like dome looking structures with arches yeah. and oh, yeah. all these different colors and there's a lot of like shades of blues and purples it looks very mystic so yeah if you have not taken a look at it it is so worth it it's on twitch and and like uh, jib said we're going to have it linked but wow it was i was blown away i was actually in a dungeon and i had 
at the time when when this thing started when they tweeted it out i was like oh shoot there's a there's a live stream going on so i clicked onto it and i was in a dungeon and i could barely focus on the dungeon what we were doing because i was watching it it was just that um engaging it was so beautiful so take a look at the stuff oh yeah absolutely and one of my favorite things i know this is random but the Sephora tower where the where the uh the Psychic order is looks awesome i mean that's in its own i mean that's go without saying it's awesome looking but the the way that you get in to the the Sigic headquarters is by teleportation you don't just walk in there you stand on the portal and it takes you in there so that's fun it's different yep it's very Sigic. Um, they also showcase cloud rest and for those of you who don't know and by the way if you are just now coming to the show we're going to be talking a lot about Somerset in this bit. And if you really want to get the whole gist and the whole explanation of everything with Somerset, go back to episode 5 and listen to it. That's our Somerset episode where we talk nothing but Somerset, the, all the details, the lore of the island itself. Go back and listen to that and then come back to this episode because Cloud Rest is the new raid. It's the new trial. It's a 12-person trial. And it is awesome looking it's uh located on etanir which is the tallest mountain in somerset and the coolest thing probably my most favorite thing and we've already seen them you just may not have realized it but the welkinar the four that's basically a group they're four elves and rich referred to them as quote the air force of somerset these are the griffin riders oh my gosh I know we've talked about Sorry, this I'm just already, with you. but man, this is <laughs> <laughs> this is this is really cool. Yeah. This is um, I don't want flying mounts in right. Tiso ever, but I tell you what, I want a Griffin mount, and it doesn't have to fly. Just give me a Griffin. They're Holy massive. Cow. I could not believe so how massive. massive they were. Yeah. So and the renderings, beautiful. They actually reminded me of a larger version of. The Griffin that you have to fight in The Witcher Three, toward the beginning of the game, yes, which is really cool. Yes, but these just look way better. They're massive. Yeah, and I think that's one thing that's really separates the whole vibe of their Griffins from you know, like other MMOs that have them in their game is they are truly huge. But my gosh, they are gorgeous looking, dude. They are you are talking about rendered. other? You're talking about other MMOs from like 2004? Yeah, that one. <laughs> yeah, so so we've had like 15 years of graphical uh, of milestones. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, so we've kind of progressed insane. somewhere in that time period. We have. But uh yeah, they do they they look awesome. And the whole so the whole Cloud Rest story kind of takes place around the Welkinar. Um the Welkinar captured a sea slode called Zamaja. And Zamaja has an amulet which augmented her magical powers. And this is all quoted by Rich, uh, Rich Lambert. And she ripped the shadows of the Welkinar out of their bodies. And she now uses them to protect Cloudrest. So we've got this whole part where on Mount Etanir uh, where, you know, players will be. But then there's this whole, like, gap. There's this whole bridge it kind of goes over, it looks like a bunch of the city, and you can see like this mystic blue or purple hue and glow near the bottom, 
But as you cross this bridge, that's where Cloudrest is. And Cloudrest is, uh, Cloudrest is, like, just like I said, it's full of shadows. I mean, she has totally, um, ripped the shadows out of the Welkinar. And there's a lot of cool things about this raid. If you haven't seen it yet, go watch it. It's awesome. It really reminds me, well, I'm not going to say the other game, but it reminds me of some, a, a class that was a priest and the spec was a shadow. That's all I'm saying. Um, so, yeah. Gee, I wonder uh, which one that possibly could be. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, one time I played that, so it kind of reminds me of it. Uh, the cool thing about this raid is it's got two parts to it. Actually, it's got multiple parts. And all these parts affect your main fight with Zamaja. And so Rich was talking and he said, coordination is key with Cloudrest. What, there's two realms. So we've got the realm where... You know, everyone's at, you know, Tamriel, everyone's fighting. But then there's this other part to this raid called the Shadow Realm. And so players will get to decide which players go to the Shadow Realm and fight and which players stay in the Normal Realm and fight. They also said that there's going to be a need for two tanks with this fight. You're not going to be able to do this with just one tank. You're going to have two tanks and... Uh, you're also going to have to fight the Shadow Griffins, the ones that Zamaja uses to protect Cloudrest. So it's going to be a really interesting fight, man. Like, I guess there's multiple endings. Yeah. Uh, there's eight armor sets. I mean, this is this is legit. I love the the um, the two-tank thing where you're, you're going to have to figure out who you want in which realm. Uh, it reminds me a lot of, I think it's Mob Larkage where you have to split up your team. And it's almost a race to see who takes down subsequent bosses um, first. It's kind of cool. But um, I really, really do dig that. And the fact there's eight full item sets in there, that's insane. Um, there's going to be a lot of people trying to get through this stuff to get this content. I agree. 100%. It's going to take a long time for people to get through this. And I think that's one thing they were alluding to is you're not going to be getting through this on day one. I mean, this is going to take some serious time to do all this but um right. they also showed the capital somerset in this stream alinor which dude <laughs> that looks <Right>. good <laughs> yeah very clean it's very tall it's very elven there is not another city like it in this game um we're gonna be able to see where the proxy queen lives and probably my most favorite part out of all this, I know we kind of talked about it a little bit before, but the crafting hub. There is a centralized location for crafting. Everything is there. All the stations. Your daily writ boards are there. It's like its own city within the city. Just what? Did crafting. somebody say writ? Did somebody say writ? <laughs> I blacked out Uno for a second. Ritz. What happened? Uno must. <laughs> No, this actually is going to be—it's uh, going to be pretty cool. Um, right now, I do—I do all of my crafting and all of my writs and running around in um, Oridon. Everything's pretty close together. I know there's some other people that use some other spots. Some people use Vardenfell and some other areas, but um, I happen to use Oridon. And from what I'm understanding, uh, Rich Lambert was saying in the live stream that this is really going to end up being the hub for crafters. So 
Yeah. I think that's kind of exciting how everything's going to be so close and e- you know easy to access. Um, I think there'll probably be a lot of people very happy about this if it kind of shakes out the way that they're saying it's going to. I agree. If it, if everything works like they're saying it's going to, um, man, this is where I'm going to do my crafting. Like every, <laughs> Everything's right there. And also because I, I want to see interactions more with crafters. I mean, I know they're going to instance or put in different phases, you know, players, but man, I want those interactions. I want to talk to people. I want to talk to fellow crafters. You know, typically it's everyone getting in, doing your crafting, getting out. I would love just to to meet other crafters to kind of converse and chit chat and so I guess the writ turn in board is relatively close too. They kind of mentioned that in the Q and A with this stream. And uh they did answer quite a few questions. Um one of this one of these we're talking about performance as far as PC is concerned, we're going to get better off-threading with your CPUs. Console's going to get better FPS, less hitching. Um, there's, they're working towards more balanced matches in PvP. New cosmetic items available in PvP. New dailies. Uh, a lot of this stuff's going to get you involved in jewelry crafting. Uh, there's, uh, of course, there's dailies all over the zone. Um, there will be jewelry crafting ritz so even more ritz <laughs> what love what happened <laughs> you know i do i want to touch bases on uh i want to touch base a little bit on the um server performance issues because uh, that has been an issue lately um i actually i had one been, night i yeah. think i've been pretty lucky i've only had one night of serious like game breaking lag um, it was terrible, and I tried everything, you know, reset my internet, reset my router, reset my PC, and it just was not doing a thing. And we've got several folks in our guild that have been having some really bad latency issues. So um, I really hope to see a good increase in server performance so that it doesn't um, it doesn't lock people out of the game like it, it has been lately. It has not yeah. been a good experience for everybody. So, And I wonder why that is, because... It man, mine's been it's been difficult. There's hardly a day that goes by where I'm not having lag. Um, sometimes I'm wondering if it's because I think someone talked about um, it being related to whether your screen is borderless with window or just full screen in general. Sometimes you may rubber band from that, hmm. but I mean every day I've got a some type of at some point there will be lag um and it's not because i'm entering big heavy zones it's just i seriously think you know it has to do with the before these upgrades are going to make and obviously there's also so the chance that add-ons are doing it too but i've disabled add-ons i mean i've i've went through this so hopefully it gets better so which one were they saying that uh that's better was it the windowless or uh, windowed Full screen? I th- I think it was just full screen. And that was the one that was having the problem? I'll go to full screen. Okay, yeah, because I play, I play windowed. So I can alt-tab out and in when certain right. people walk in the room. that I don't want them to know that I'm playing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, anywho. So there's that. Uh, they are kind of on the wall of crazy. They've kind of got guild halls. Um, that's very much on the wall of crazy kind of one of those things where if they move forward with it you know it'll be a whole system they develop and we'll get a big old pr push from it but um 
the cool thing about all of this, kind of the culmination of this whole Q&A, was this. So, with this whole Daedric storyline we've been in, we've been having, that we've been enjoying, it was teased in Orsinium, it progressed in Morrowind, and then it progressed even further in Clockwork. And then, um, let's see... It's going to be finishing up in Somerset. So, after all this is done, they're going to be... With, after they're done with Somerset, they're going to be... Uh, in, not instigating. They're going to be starting a new story. So, we can look forward to that as well. So, there is that. That actually is something that I'm really looking forward to as well. Oh! Well, hello there. Uh, it looks like we have been found, my friend. <laughs> Who we got? We got some good friends that have just found us here. Uh, Morgus, Jalen, and Colric from Meridia's Order of Guards have found us. You guys, come on over. Have a seat. Here, have a we'll seat. Lord, you around? Waitress. 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 Yeah. Can you bring us another round? And do me a favor. Bring me an ale to wash down this rot meth because that tastes like old butt. Thank you. Coming right up. <laughs> How do you know what old butt tastes like? Hey, buddy, I had a lot of fun at, at the uh, College of Winterfell. <laughs> Some bad things happened during the Jester's Festival. You like you like how I roped in uh, Game of Thrones <laughs> into that statement? Well done. Yes, well done. Oh, Hey, look who else is here. Mike is here. Man, everyone's kind of showing up here. We got guild members finding us in the game. Now we got Maik. Hey, man, what do you got for us today, bro? Maik can travel fast across the land. Some lazy types take carriages. It is all the same to Maik. <laughs> all right, all right, right on. I'll take it. Uh, well, Maik, I guess, has shared his wisdom, and it's time for us to share some with you. So, we are now going to be doing our ESO 101 segment and this week we are doing dungeon etiquette right cash yep uh dungeon etiquette this week and the reason being is because we are kind of dungeon spelunkers so we're in them a lot and sometimes we run pugs and we've noticed some stuff that we think could help some of the newer players or even some veteran players that have maybe established some bad habits. So we kind of threw it out to Twitter and a few of you got back to us and we're going to uh, talk about some of the great tips we got from some of the people out there on the interwebs. And thank you. Yeah. So thank you very much for dropping those in. But uh, we got a series of tips for you. So we're going to start off with knowing your role. One of the most important things for you to do is to really establish what role you're going to have in the dungeon. There's three roles. Tank, healer, damage. Super easy. The tank is the one that the mobs get upset about, so they're going to try and stay on him. He's going to try and keep them <laughs> off of the healer and the damage. Yep. Um, healer, super, that one's super simple. That one, Those are the people that are going to keep you alive, and they should be protected at all costs. And then there's your damage dealers. Those are the ones that are going to whittle down the health on whatever mobs you're fighting to take them down. So you really got to kind of know which role that you want. Now, yes, there are some hybrid builds out there that can do a number of different things. So it can do any combination of these three. 
But when you queue for a random dungeon, just keep in mind, you have to pick um, a role. Like, yeah, you could queue as all three if you want, but you're only going to get slotted into one of those roles. So just be expect that when you get within that group in that dungeon, you're going to be expected to commit to one of those roles. Now, there are exceptions to that rule if you're running you know with somebody who's super high champion point level they got this insane build they're just one of the most the, the more powerful characters out there uh, a lot of times they can handle two or you know two or three of these you know or all of them but if you're getting into a group of people that are relatively your uh, your level and especially in some of the more challenging content that's out there just keep in mind that you're going to be expected to commit to a role Agreed. So, yeah. So, and like, you know, for example, like if you're a healer, your main job is going to be to heal. But at some point, you know, if you look at, you look at all everybody's health bar and everybody's good to go. At that point, you can deal some DPS, you know, so don't be afraid to do that. But just know that your primary role is the one that you signed up to do. Right. Which, Yeah. yeah. That kind of brings me to the next point is that when you queue up for a dungeon, make sure that if you queue as a healer, that's the role you intend to fill. And the only reason that we say this kind of as a side note is because people have got into the dirty habit of queuing up as a tank or a healer. So they get the queue to pop faster. If you queue up as a DPS, it's kind of pretty well known that you may have to wait a little while. It doesn't take that long. But sometimes you may wait five or ten minutes for the, the dungeon to come available for you if you're DPS. If you're a tank or a healer, it's pretty much an instant pop. You queue up for it, and it's coming within a minute or so. It's coming pretty quick. But when somebody yep. queues as a tank and then gets it in the dungeon and has no intention of being a tank or is not equipped to be a tank, that kind of sucks for everybody else. So just don't do that. It's kind of dirty pool. Agreed. Um, and that, that one actually was thrown to us at, from um, Urquan. You are Quan778 on Twitter. Thank you very much. That's a big one. Um, so, yeah, don't do that. Don't be that uh, guy. Next. Yeah, don't be that guy. Next point. Uh, voice chat can be a very, very important and valuable tool. And don't be afraid of it. So... In most dungeons that you do, you'll probably be fine, especially some of the older content. You can probably blast right through that stuff. We blast through tons of those with pugs and don't need any voice chat. Uh, It's a combination of your characters getting stronger, you're starting to learn those dungeons, and the people that are running through them can probably run them solo. A lot of these guys that that I've run with before can probably just run them solo. So no, you don't really need that, but some of the the latest content, like Jibs was just talking about White Gold Tower, that takes some coordination, um, especially if you're running these on vet. If you're running them in veteran mode and some of the bosses on hard mode, yeah, you are absolutely going to need some type of voice communication to coordinate stuff. Now, this, it, when we start talking trials, it's almost like, a given you have to have some kind of a voice chat and nowadays it's pretty easy because people can just like hop into discord discord is like super easy to throw somebody an invite to even temporarily they can come in 
you get your business done and then they're out the door. So just remember that it's a very, very important and it's a great tool. So get yourself a mic. Um, they're not that expensive. Hook it up to your system, make sure it works right and just kind of be ready for it. Be prepared if you're going to be queuing up for that, um, that uh, higher content. The next one is, uh, I think, something that's very near and dear to J uh, Jibs and I's hearts is because we both have had an issue with this. Um, I never thought it would be a big deal with food and drink yeah. in uh, yeah. in these uh, dungeons. But I quickly found out that having the proper food and drink for your character and for your, um, for your skills and attributes is extremely beneficial so here's an example of that so my sork has about 15,000 health points unbuffed but when you add the proper potions and food I can increase that to well over 20k or close closer to 20k you know plus or minus and at the same at the same point, I have like thirty eight thousand magicka, but I can buff that to like forty three, forty four, with the right foods. Right, that is right. an incredible amount of boost to your character. So, just remember that stuff is going to help out your healers immensely. It's going to help the whole group immensely because it's going to keep you alive longer. It's going to keep you with uh, a larger resource pool, and it, it could come down to that last you know, three, 4,000 Magicka that you have to take the boss down, especially like right when, right at the end when people are yelling, execute, execute, and you're just trying to drop everything you have. That is incredibly important to have a good solid yep. pool and every bit helps. So yeah, when you, yeah, agreed. when you're mind. doing, when you're in those hard boss fights, when you're in those hard boss fights, uh, that's when it counts, when all the little things that you've done for your character. When you're trying to get every inch out of your magical pool or your stand pool, um, making sure your health is up there. Every, all the little things, that's when it really matters. And so making sure you take the time to get some good food and drink in you is it's pretty imperative. It does. And speaking of taking the time, a uh, couple little points here along that line. One of the big pet peeves that I have is watching folks sprint right past the tank and just start pulling stuff. Like range classes start pulling stuff. Yeah. Let the tank lead. Seriously. For our case sake. Agreed. Let the tank lead. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, especially for tanks. It's gotta get it's gotta get really annoying when people go all Leroy Jenkins and just I'm out. You know, and they just start going toward the mobs can you handle them yeah most of the time those people can handle them but this could be a new tank it could be a you know the tank is really like the quarterback in these dungeons and trials let them right play that role that's what they're doing um there's, there's nothing worse than having to chase down a big group so if something else pulls it and the tank who has the taunts he has the tools to grab the boss or grab the mob and turn him away from the rest of the group. So he's taking all the damage while everybody DPSs him down. Let him piss off the mobs first. And then you can go in once that's taken care of and you can start DPSing down. So it's just good etiquette. Um, right. 
the other thing too is that the tanks are usually the ones leading the dungeon. So they're like, hey, no, it's this way or it's this way. Most of the tanks out there are pretty darn good at it. But every once in a while, you'll find somebody who's new to tanking. Sometimes they won't tell you. If somebody has an issue or um, doesn't know where to go and you know where to go, just help them out. You know? Right. Yep. So, okay. Um, another little pet peeve. Not really of mine, but I've definitely seen some people out there that this that this torques a little bit. If you have uh, non-combat pets or your vendors... Just put them away while you're in a dungeon, or especially trials. Just put them away. Um, yep. It just helps. It helps to keep the clutter off the ground, and there it may or may not help. But some players might not have the best system, so the smaller amount of stuff that's on the ground that doesn't need to be there can maybe it can minimally help them with performance. I don't know. I just don't know. But it gets kind of annoying with uh, Nuzume, the. Uh, the merchant running behind you everywhere you go. So just throw them away. Um, It just keeps it less cluttered. Absolutely. Yeah, it's less cluttered. So, okay. So the last point that we wanted to make is one of uh, courtesy and just being kind to people. And um, we actually got a couple of, of tweets on this from one from Miss Biz plays at Miss Biz plays. Um, on Twitter, and then the other one from uh, Stardust Legacy. She's a friend of ours at the Stardust 77. Thank you very much. But they both alluded to the fact that a lot of people don't care. They just kind of want to blast through the dungeons. And if somebody hasn't been through some of the content, they may want to look at quest text and listen to the story. And it doesn't take that long. You know, we're not talking Star Wars The Old Republic here where there's a novel written for every single quest. It's it's short, to concise, and to the point most of the time. So let them do their thing. Be courteous. Don't take off. Because a lot of times people will miss quest markers. Um, mm-hmm. And here's another one, too. At the very end, when... At the very end of your dungeon, a lot of times people just say, thank you for group, boom, and they're out. Well, if you're yeah. the last person in the group and the group is disbanded if you still have to talk to somebody to complete your quest you got about 10 seconds to do so once that group is disbanded because it is going to boot you out of the dungeon i've had that happen to me before damn that's freaking frustrating so damn daniel it's tough it's super frustrating (laughs) it's tough yeah that's yeah i mean if you're gonna do that if, or if you do have a quest, you know, make sure that you let them know that you are doing a quest, right. and uh, you know, make it evident. That's the important thing: making it evident of what you're doing in the dungeon. I th- I think to sum it up, just be kind to one another. I know, you know, I know in our world, all the things that we have going on in our world, you're probably sick of hearing that, but man, is it true? It's true in every facet of your life, especially in Tamriel. Just be kind to people, man, because it helps build this community. And when you have people helping newer players or people helping people when there's an issue or you're slow to anger, it just makes things better. It overall yep. is going to give people a better sense of the game and the community. And that's really what builds a solid gaming community. So just be cool. Don't be a douche. Agreed. Agreed 100%. Yes. 100%. Well, we hope you got... Oh, he's here. 
<laughs> he follows us. He's a smart man. The man has read the Elder Scrolls, Jibs. He knows where we're going to be. He is blind. Yes, sir. Enter my mind, Vestige, and walk with me through the shadows of past events. Okay, well, it's that time. Lore lesson. Racial motives. Back. We're talking the boss. Yes, we are. I'm super excited. So, number one pro tip. There's a few pro tips in this one. The number one pro tip, don't drink rot meth. It <laughs> sucks. That's an acquired taste. Mm. <laughs> I know. I've gone, I've since gone to a vanilla stout to mm. wash this down, right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. okay, let's talk to Bosmer. I was super excited about this one. If you've listened to the show, you know that I'm a fan of our little woodies. Those, they're just so cute and they're so cool and they stink like Jasmine and bad decisions. But and, anyway, <laughs> tree set. So let's talk. Let's talk about our tree set folk. Um, the actual name Bosmer. Now remember, these are cousins of the high elves. They just came to a point where they figured out, yeah, you guys are kind of. You guys are kind of haughty. You're kind of douchey. We're out. Mm. So mm-hmm. let's talk about it. The name Bosmer itself is derived from the Aldmeri language. Bos meaning forest, mer meaning people. So Bosmer has a literal translation of forest people. Love um, it. Many people also refer to them as tree sap people, but they don't take that as an <laughs> insult. They don't be like, oh, am I punching your mouth? They don't do that. Because they take tree sap people uh, merely to suggest that they have a very wild vitality and like a youthful energy. So they're totally cool right. with it. They're totally cool with it. So as we alluded to, during the first era, when society was starting to take off on Somerset, the there was a certain portion of Altmer that did not care for the politics and the infighting and the structure um, that was taking place in Somerset. So they kind of chose to reject all the formalities of the civilized world that the Altmer were putting together. And they decided to say bye-bye to this lavish life. And then they ended up leaving for a life in the wilderness, like among nature, the trees and the animals and such. So they bailed, they got in their ships and they bailed and they headed East, Southeast and they landed on the shores of Allenwood. And where they landed, they just began a new life. And over time, they started to kind of adapt to it. Because Valenwood is it's pretty bad. Untamed. is thick forests. All kinds of wildlife there. But they dug it. So they had to adapt to the, that changing environment. Especially because it was so different from Somerset. That... Um, over time, they kind of slowly started to adapt to their different environments. So what were some of the changes? Well, one of the first changes is their size. They were finding that um, uh, through hunting, they had to do a lot of crouching. So over time, they started to shrink. Mm. So over time, they began to, um, to increase their agility. They began to get very, very agile with the things that they did. And as hunters... They start their skin colors actually started to morph into the different shades of the forest. So I thought that was 
really freaking cool. Like some of them even like sprouted um, antlers, kind of like a fork and yeah. horn, like a like a young buck. They started to yeah. uh, to sprout antlers. So a lot of them like chose to decorate their bodies. I don't, if anybody's played a Bosmer before, you can certainly relate to the fact that you can walk into a city, especially with Altmer there, and they'll be like, you'll walk by and they'll be like, barbarian, savage. Like you like turn oh and look gosh, at them and you're yeah. like, what, what the F did you just call me? But that they remember did. That, That's uh, what they did. <laughs> you remember that college from the Jester's Festival? Yep. Uh, that was gnarly, dude. That was gnarly what? racism. Yes, oh my goodness. Do you, like, can you remember, I remember exactly what they said? I, can't I don't remember exactly, but I do remember you ran by the guy and the guy said, you can lend a hand once you've realized that your race is worthless. I was like, yes, pump the brakes. What did that dude just say? What? Right. Holy cow. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if anybody, intense. yeah, and I love the Altmer, but if anybody deserved to have their lip split, it was that freaking guy. It was like, wow. So, yes. Any, anyways. Mm. <laughs> so, uh, so many of them choose to, to decorate their bodies. Many Bosmer decorate their bodies. A lot of it is just to camouflage, camouflage themselves, um, themselves into the earth tones of the forest because they do a lot of hunting. So speaking of hunting, at a very young age, most Bosmer are taught to hunt with a bow. So that's why you'll notice in ESO, they get racial passives um, and bonuses to bow, to the bow skill. And the reason being is because they are said to be among the most accurate and skilled archers in all of Tambrio. So mm, um, okay. another interesting point about Bosmer is that they are, they're very proud because it, don't, don't forget they are, descended from the Altmer. Um, however, they're very humble and welcoming to outsiders. So, I mean, like entire races of people. As long as the people respect their customs, which we're going to talk about here, and their customs are significant. Let's <laughs> just say that. Right. As long as, <laughs> as, long as outsiders uh, respect that, they're incredibly welcoming. Like, they will take you into their fold and just be like, just, you're fine. Live with us. We understand you're going through hardships. I'm not going to get too much into uh, that part of the history because it, it gets pretty deep. Um, I mean, there's actually races that were trying to escape oppression that came to live with the Bosmer. And that's why um, uh, that's why there were some like interbreeding and stuff that, that ended up happening later on after that. But I'm not gonna, really going to get into that. Stick with the Bosmer. So... Talking a little bit about their history and religion, it was very difficult for them to abandon the civilized life, but over time, not only physically did they adapt, but also spiritually and culturally, they kind of evolved and um, they really, truly became a forest people. Um, so one of the biggest things that people talk about when they talk about the Bosmer is the Green Pact and the tenets of the Green Pact. Well, essentially what the Green Pact was, was a strict code that they followed in order to thank Ifre, who is, is like their main god, their main deity that they, they worship. 
they wanted to thank Ifray for providing the protections of the forest. So a little bit about Ifray. Let's talk a little bit about him real quick before we get back to the Green Pact. So the main religion of uh, Valenwood is was out of the forest gods, and most notably Ifray. So Ifray was known was one of the first Elnafe to die. And what is Elnafe? I was like, what the heck is Elnafe? Because you do see that in the lore within the game as well. You'll hear them refer to old Elnafe and Elnafe. Right. So Elnafe is also known as Earthbones. And basically what it is, the fated descendants of Adra, who literally walked Tamriel. So these were mortal beings. Um, and then also as well as ancestors of men and myrrh. So among other gods like Ariel, Arke, Mara, Stendar, and Lorcan, there's some other ones too. But the Bosmer worshipped several, but mostly Ifray. So they felt this close, close connection to, to Ifray. That's where the Green Pact was born. So the Green Pact was an agreement between the Bosmer um, and really them thanking Yfrey for the protections that the forest granted. So this is where things get a little twisted because the Green Pact is truly the single most reason why many people consider Bosmer to be savages. Right. You'll probably agree <laughs> a little bit. But the, another thing that people don't understand is that this is like kind of a little more ancient times, like first era, a little bit in the second era, like like where we're living right now in Tamriel. Uh, in, for, with the ESO timeline. A little, there's still a little bit of it left. But for the most part, most modern day Bosmer don't follow every single tenet of the Green Pact and they're a little bit more civilized uh, in the version that they follow. One in particular, one tenet in particular, which we'll go over here. So, the rules of the Green Pact. Do not eat anything made from plant life. So... Mm -hmm. This, by nature, made most Bosmer very, very strict carnivores. That is a reason for small things like rotmeth, like that drink that I tried earlier that tasted like I didn't ever want to smell or touch it again. It's literally made out of <laughs> fermented meat, right? So yeah. I, I didn't say what I really felt because this is a family show, and that's just mm. how we roll. So anyway, mm -hmm. um, they couldn't even make regular alcohol because regular grain alcohol that you would make to, or that you would use to make alcoholic beverages comes from plant life. So they couldn't right. make that. So they, their alcohol comes from fermented meat really. So they were strict carnivores. I mean, like that's all they ate was meat. Rule number two, do not kill wastefully and do not take on the shape of beasts. So you're like, what? Don't worry. Put that one in your pocket. We're going to talk about taking the sh taking on the shape shape of beasts here pretty quick. Mm -hmm. Okay, now rule number three. This one is by far the most astonishing rule of the Green Pact because when outsiders hear this one, they're like, excuse me, what? So, when enemies are conquered, no matter the species, their meat must be eaten, not mm. left to rot. So key phrase here being no matter the species. So that includes man, that includes myrrh, that includes any enemy that is killed, including humanoids. So what, uh, what, dude, which I don't race know. do you think tastes the worst? <laughs> what part? 
Which the which armpit? race do you think just tastes the worst in general? Oh, dude, for sure Argonian. <laughs> yep, that's what I was going to say. That's exactly what I was going to say. So, yeah. So that's kind of, it's kind of, that's a big deal. But there I mean, okay, there's some rules. There's some rules. So the rules with rule number 3, the cannibalistic rule is that when an enemy is defeated, the meat must be consumed within three days. Ah, cool. I got food for three days. That's called meal prepping. Outstanding. So family members <laughs> of the warrior who slew the enemy may help with the meal. So not only are you dragging the corpse home from the battlefield to put on the rotisserie, but you're feeding it to mama and baby girl. Mm. That's freaking twisted. <laughs> Super freaking twisted. Yep. <laughs> so, okay. So anyway, that is ancient times. Keep in mind, most of rule number three has been eliminated by those who follow the pack. So most people still follow, do not eat anything made from plant life, um, and don't wastefully kill or take on the shape of beasts. So... Most Bosmer, however, at the current time, there actually is a quest line in Grotwood that you can run that kind of goes through one of these old school green packed tribes of Bosmer. Um, and you kind of help them out a little bit, but they still follow all the tenets of the green pact. So be careful and take an escort because it is gnarly in that part of the forest. But that does still um, take place in some of the most remote territories in Valenwood. The other thing to consider is that these rules are only, they're very strict within the Valenwood. So if you leave Greenshade, Grotwood, or those areas, these rules don't apply. But anybody coming into these areas and cutting down trees and stuff like that. That is where the Bosmer take offense. Serious offense to that. Right. So, okay. Another very important part of Bosmer religion. And this is where we talk about rule number two, not taking on the shape of beasts. There is an ancient magical ritual that is performed by the Bosmer of, of the Valen Wood which is also part of the Green Pact. So, Bosmeri lore holds that after the creation of the mortal plane, everything was in chaos. So, um, the first mortals to step foot were said to have the ability to turn into plants and animals and back again. Now, this is all through the use of magic. So... Right. Bosmer have been have, it's it's been legend that Bosmer have been able to resort to animal shapes if needed in this most dreaded quote unquote most dreaded transformation is called the wild hunt. So the way this worked was um, the purpose of the wild hunt was it kind of varied. So from an act of it was from an act of vengeance getting back at somebody to a tool of war. Like if somebody invaded, um, they would basically turn into monsters and stampede everything in its path 
changing their form constantly, all through the use of magic, changing their form constantly, slaying and devouring everything in their path, and then eventually, when nothing else was alive, none of their enemies were alive, they would turn upon themselves in a very cannibalistic way. And this is actually in Wiki described as a cannibalistic something else, but it's a family show, so I'm not really... You can look it up if you want to. I'm not going to talk about that part of it. Um, so, hmm. yeah. So, I mean, like, I was, like, looking at this just going, oh, the first time I read it, I was like, what? <laughs> so the, the, way the, the way the wild hunt has been described is a flood of horrific beasts, tentacled toads, insects of armor and spine, gelatinous serpents, vaporous beings with the face of gods, blind in fury, a pack of shifting forest demons and animal gods, thousands strong, sweeping through the countryside, killing everything in its path. That, that does not sound... It doesn't sound like a good Sunday at church. Nope. <laughs> it sounds terrible. That sounds pretty it's, awful. <laughs> I know, and it's like, I I would love for an Elder Scrolls game to really grab a hold of this and go for it. So, the next uh, installment of Elder Scrolls single-player game, let's do Valenwood. Stick that in your pipe and smoke it. Holy cow. Even if it was like a new uh, quest line or something that, that really oh, showcased that. Like that yeah. whole, you know, the Dude. whole tribal, man. That's yes, intense. I like it. The Wild Hunt. Super freaking cool. And speaking of put that in your pipe and smoke it, when Bosmer smoke things, they do not smoke anything that is plant life. They actually smoke grubs, dried grubs. That's disgusting. That's- different <laughs> it's disgusting is what it is Ugh. dude so. i see now i understand why their bodies changed i get it right like the alt the altmer they change their stride and they they live like another hundred years these guys they hunch over they get shorter they grow antlers they eat people and they're smoking yep. some nasty stuff <laughs> eat the people don't eat the people so if you're interested Gosh, I feel in like learning I just want to go wash my hands now after listening you really should you should take a sh- you should go wash and bleach if you want to learn more about the wild hunt um there is there's like a long series of books uh, i think it's morrowind oblivion and skyrim that mention the wild hunt like it's a long book in great detail so um Go look for it. It's out there. You can actually wiki it too. It's on wiki and um, the whole thing is on there. But it very in-depth talks about the wild hunt. It's it's pretty gnarly. Mm. So we talked a little bit about, about the religion. Um, I wanted to talk to you about housing. And if you've seen the housing that's available for Bosmer, it's um, it, it's all very, very tree, tree-ish looking. Well, well, how do they build houses? Well, they don't build them. They grow them. Because they cannot, they can't use the wood. Now, the funny part is they can't use the wood within Valenwood, but they can still import stuff from other areas. So it's like only the Valenwood. That's all we care about. But we'll take your crap. Send it in. <laughs> send me in a skip loader Imports. full. <laughs> send me in a skip loader full of lumber. <laughs> so anyway, burn down they, your forest, um, but don't you dare touch mine. <laughs> 
So the uh, Bosmeri villages are are actually built from live trees, and it's they do it through through a ritual, and um, they grow these dwellings called pods. And uh, if you've seen the ones available, the housing available in the game, I actually on on one of my Bosmer characters, I have the. Um, Ooh, I forget the name of the state, but it's a giant forest area, and you get like three of those really big pods. Um, it's very, very Bosmer, and that's um, that's my one of my main houses. So, anyway, the um, like I said, the Green Pact really only dictates what happens inside Valenwood. So, you know, materials can be imported from the outside. It's just they end up being very expensive right. because the trade routes are usually overgrown. And the Bosmer will not maintain those trade routes. So usually it's the outside traders that are coming in, usually the Altmer, who are coming in to trade, and they'll maintain the roads. So kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. So uh, we talked about it a little bit before. If anybody comes in from the outside and like tries to fell trees or anything like that, and they're they're outsider, it's very, very strictly enforced by Bo- uh, Bosmeri religion. So... Uh, right. We already talked about how they're extremely hospitable, although, you know, they've been known to be very, very fierce warriors and very protective of nature. Their hospitality is like second to none. Um, there is a couple of quest lines in ESO that eludes to spinners. And basically what a spinner is, is a Bosmer priest. So they're very close followers of Euphray, and they're among the most um, spiritual people among the Bosmer. So Mm -hmm. really what they do, it's kind of like, I kind of attribute it to like, um, they're like um, a bard of the forest really is what they do, but they don't sing, but they talk in metaphor. So often they live solitary lives. Yeah. And they just, they constantly study um, to learn the strong magical prowess and keen insight and then they're often called upon for guidance when trouble finds its way into Valenwood. So they're very solitary. They talk in riddles, you know, kind of sounds a little bit like my wife a little bit, but um, <laughs> she's she's at work right now, so I could say that. <laughs> she's like, she's like, hey, are you gaming? I'm like, I'm like, uh, yeah, before I can finish it, she's out the door. Sweet. See you in a bit. <laughs> I love, I love my wife. She's awesome. Oh, that's awesome. Love yeah. It. So, uh, real quick, um, real quick, fun fact: the quest line that I was talking about um, within the game details the Karthdar tribe, one of the few tribes left in Valenwood who still follow the Green Pact in its entirety, including the consumption of their enemies. So, oh, make sure you have yeah. somebody to go with you. So real quick as we close, we're going to talk about some notable Bosmer um, within Elder Scrolls Legends. There is Elena Banach. She is a Bosmer. Uh, there's the Jaxper. They are... A, actually, the Jaxper outfit is a wearable wearable outfit in ESO. And what Jaxper actually is is a rank in a Bosmer hunting party um, by their long-distance um, bowmen and bow women. Ooh. Yes. Cool. And then one that you can actually see in Morrowind and Oblivion is Orin Bearclaw. He is a very legendary Bosmer hero available in the, in those two games. So 
Awesome. I hope you liked this lore lesson because I was, was super excited about it. Yeah, I didn't, man, I'm, this is probably by far, uh, I would say definitely up to this point, the most interesting, like, I didn't know any of this stuff. I had never heard any of this. Like, I, you yeah. know, I obviously knew about the Dark Elves. I'm on our Dark Elf main. Uh, we, I knew uh, of, you know, the Altmer, but this, I was coming completely green into this. This is so... Like I, f I fully appreciate them even more. You know, once you get this whole backstory of the the whole forest life, and they're essentially um, the ESO version of like an African tribe. That's kind of what I I get from them. Is very you know, much like, so. That, that's the translation. You know, like they're yep. so incredibly isolated and very. Um, uh, I, don't, I wouldn't say barbarian. Well, probably yeah, in some ways. But what'd you call me? So incredibly tribal. You heard me. Yep. Sap. Yeah, but I, but I, I love that about <laughs> them that they could leave a civilized society, get on a ship, peace out, we're gone, and then they come into this this incredibly untamed wilderness, and they thrived. It's the ultimate story yeah. of survival and adaptation and at the same time they kept their their hearts open to people who wanted to come in or or were trying to escape something else and ran into them they're just their hospitality is legendary it's freaking oh, poetic man it's freaking poetic I love oh my it. gosh it's happening all right well everyone we hope you enjoyed this episode this was episode seven the Lore Seekers podcast. And uh, if you enjoyed this episode, we want to know. We want to hear from you guys. We want to hear your opinions. We want to read your reviews. Speaking of that, for every five-star review on iTunes that we get, we give you guys a shout-out and some love on the show. And uh, speaking of, uh, Spacer Dad wrote in with a five-star review. says, excellent show. As a returning casual player to ESO, the beginner advice is very helpful and not only keeps me on track with my characters, but also from getting overwhelmed with the sheer number of options available to them. As a longtime Elder Scrolls fan, it's fun to get refreshers on the lore as well as learning new things about the world I love so much. The in-tavern setting of the show adds such a nice touch to an already fantastic podcast. Thanks, man. Yeah, That's awesome. That's really Appreciate cool. It. Agreed. Agreed. Seriously, we want to hear from you. Give us some reviews, or you can write us you can go to loreseekerspodcast.com. Uh, at the very bottom of the page, we put it right there front and center. It makes it easy for you guys. You can uh, write your message, and that will send, send the email automatically to us. Um, or you can do it manually, loreseekerspodcast at gmail.com. If you want to get on next week's mailbag, we're going to be going through some questions. Uh, we're going to be doing voicemails. You can call us at 765 382 6961 at 765-382-6961. Leave us a message with your comment or question for the show you want us to answer, and uh, we may put it right on the air. So uh, there's that. Cash, we're a part of some guilds, bro. Yes, we are. We are part of a few. If you're looking for a great adult multi-gaming community, you can take a look at our uh, guild called Meridia's Order of Guards. You can find us at mog-nation.com. It's a guild for adults and working professionals. 
and we are very mature and drama controlled. Important note, we're North American PC Guild, so I'm sorry to you console players, but we can't hang out. Um, we're also part of a great RP guild. If you're new to RP, it's an outstanding guild. It's called the Divine Conclave, and it is available at SOCAN, that's S-O-K-A-N dot engine dot com. Awesome. Well, yeah, we oh, we've been actually having a lot more people than... From what it sounds like, a lot of apps coming through. People listening to the show, and we're meeting listeners. I know they're joining the community. It's a lot of fun, man. Just sitting yep. back in Discord, playing some uh, Elder Scrolls online, and just chatting with our listeners. That's that's fun. That's cool. Uh, well, thank you guys so much for tuning in. You can follow myself on Twitter at Jibs IRL, Cash at Mog Cash with a K, and most importantly, the podcast Lore Seekers Cast. Next week, we're going to be doing the huge memory dump of jewelry crafting. We're going to go over that from top to bottom so you guys can look forward to that. But uh, anyway. Did you say you're going to take a mental dump? You know, you got me wondering if I did say that. Now that I think about it. That's what I heard. <laughs> well, you guys have a great week. Thanks so much for hanging out with us this week at the Tavern. And uh, you know what? We'll see you next week. Get ready. It's going to be a good time. Dilly dilly. <laughs>